I bought a couch and a fucking pizza one night, and that was a riot for me. I had a goddamn great time. Welcome to Make It Spicy, presented by the CNC Dream Factory, where the conversations may be mild, they may be wild, but they're always full of flavor. You want to talk families? Fuck families. My family's all around me right now. <laughs> is that the kind of family you want to talk about? This is a rosy conversation. These are my favorite family members. I mean, family's what you choose, right? It is. Which I, I think not is not an opinion everyone chooses. Everyone shares. Shares, yes. Yeah, because yes. we have a lot of people who are like, <gasps> blood's thicker than water. And it's like, mm, you want to go through that quote? And you're like, yeah. Love's thicker than water, y'all. But that's not the full quote. What's the full quote? I don't remember the full quote. I'd... The full quote is about the covenant, which means, really, the family that you choose. Puppies can be family. My puppies are family, even though the one that's breathing heavily behind me just put her entire mouth around my arm yeah <laughs> what's so, family to you talk to me about your thoughts on family um my thoughts on family i mean i i agree family is what you choose it took me a lot longer to get to that point than you um, I but it also I mean, to come around to that point is to accept that you can pick and choose and sometimes and when you're picking and choosing that means there's there's negative to it right mm-hmm. because if everything was positive then you're Family's family. Who bloodline? Cool. Good. Oh, that person. Oh, that was my mom's friend, but we just called her Aunt Susan. Mm-hmm. But she's not really our aunt. She's never really related. Um, but in reality, if you are pick and choose, and, you, and you're like, you get to this point, and you're like, family's what you choose. You're you're making decisions based on on something, you know. There's some sounds coming from your your side of the room. <laughs> Swayze's making decisions about what part of her gum she needs to get something out of. But, I mean, for me, um, I mean, I enjoyed my family growing up. Tic tac, tic tac, tic tac, tic tac. That's our that's our family right there. Yeah. Fucking dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, I enjoyed my family growing up, and I I. Um, pretty uh, mostly pretty good relationship relationship with my dad uh typical 80s 90s dad kind of floats in floats out uh not not to say that like he would leave town and we wouldn't see him for months but like you know he did his job he, his nine to five we had horses he spent time in the barn 
he'd come in be like, hey, it's good to see you guys and have a school, cool, tussle our hair a little bit, and that was it. Tussle your hair a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, we had mullets growing up, so there was a, yeah. there's hair to tussle. Yeah. Tousle, I think is how you phonetically spell it. So, you know, a dad who was pretty hands-off, uh, but ends up kind of creating this just glad when he's around, and you want him to be around more, so you're, you thir- your dad essentially thirst traps you a little bit. And that was me. That was my dad played hockey growing up uh, when he was a kid. And as I was growing up and we'd go to his hockey games when I was a kid, I always wanted to play hockey. I always loved hockey. I thought it was fun, looked cool. I wanted to play it. So I wanted it. I mean, in a lot of ways, I wanted to be like my dad. There was a a period when I was a kid where I wanted to change my name to Scott, which was my dad's name because we're just blasting, we're just roasting people on the podcast now. (laughs) But, um, so, like, pretty good relationship with my dad. But see, I think, to pause you there, I think there'd be people that would argue that it was because you had divorced parents. That's why you, like, held your dad on that type of, like, other level. But my dad also showed up like yours did. And my parents have been married, I don't know, since 1979. Still showed up in the same way. And I think people would instead argue, like, be like, oh, it's because you know, he was a divorced dad. It's like, no. I think that's dads of that era. Dads of this era as well do that. But I think there's, like, there's this pressure now as well that's like, oh, that's not enough. But I only have good feelings about my dad because, I mean, it's like they're there. Yeah. I... It- I mean, I, it was never like my dad... I, I don't know that there was ever a point where my dad was like, I need to buy my kids love. Yeah. And there's never a point where my dad was trying to win our love or buy our love or I'm going to do this because my my boys would really like it. My dad lived his life and it was essentially, hey, we're going to do this today. And it was never like, oh, dad, this sucks. This is something you want to do. It's like, Your dad seems really good at remaining an individual, though. Yeah, very much. Like, if it's ever like, Dad, this sucks. It's something you want to do. It's like, fuck yeah, it is. I'm the adult, so let's roll. I got to go to your Little League games every now and then. You guys can spend one weekend day going to this horse show. And looking back, I, I, I used to hate it sometimes because I didn't, I wasn't as into horses as my brothers when I was younger. So there were times when that kind of sucked. But looking back, I... I'm like, oh, I had a lot of fun. Like, I had a lot of memories from that. But then on a larger level, the fact that my dad was like, this is, this is what we do. This is what I, what I have to do. This is what I want to do. And you guys can, can come along. And you guys figure out how to make this tolerable for you. That's on you guys. Which, like on the surface, some people may, may be like, oh, that's, that's pretty shitty. I mean, my dad included us. He was there. We were there. He was always fine and happy to have us around. It was never like we went to a horse show and we're like, hey, dad. And he's like, get the hell out of here. I'm hanging out with my friends. He was like, cool. Like, be around. And it was, it was very cool. And I very much respect him for that. Um, my equivalent of that is my dad taking me to like a pay lake with him to go fishing. 
<laughs> and, you know, that would just end up with me being like, I'm going to dissect fish. <laughs> so that's like serial killer in the making, but well, I digress. Oh, if we want to, if we want to tell stories like that, one, uh, my dad took us to a lake. It was more of a, a pond one winter. It was after my parents got divorced and my dad was quote unquote single dad for a little bit. We're like, that's what we thought on the weekends we were with him, <laughs> whether that was true or not. Um, but he took uh, my my twin brother and I to a pond in the winter that was frozen. And we ice skated on the pond and we played hockey. And it was just the three of us out there. And it was like so cool. And we, you and I talk about this. Like pond hockey for me, I'm like, that's the fucking coolest thing ever. Like one of the best feelings of just being out there. I don't know what it is about it, but it's awesome. It's so dangerous. It's like you're, you're just like you're just working with what what nature has given you, and it's awesome. And so my dad and I got to play like sort of one on one, and I really sucked. So, and my dad was very good, so he was, you know, that was fun. Hockey was his thing. He played hockey growing up. He played hockey as an adult, so that was his thing. It wasn't like forced for him. And I really liked hockey. And my twin brother played a little bit, but then he was just like, I'm just going to go skate around, skate all around. We're like, all right. I remember this very, very clearly. And I was like, that was so cool. And it was never like, and I I don't know how my dad thought. I could very much see my dad feeling like, I I need to do this for for the boys. Their children are divorced. This may be hard for them. Like, I need to make like every weekend a big deal for them or something like that. But for me, I was just like, this is such a cool experience. And it, it wasn't like everything else sucks. I was just like, wow, I really appreciate this. It's not like everything else is bad. It was just cool. Uh, but so that's why I think I, because my dad never fished. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> but he would take us to the vet, which I thought was awesome. With like going to a horse vet is just a completely different experience because you essentially just go and take your horse to someone else's barn and I remember one summer, I think it was probably the summer of my senior year of high school, I was working for my dad over the weekend. He owned apartments and um, you know, lived on a farm. So I worked for him in the summer and we went to a vet to get a horse castrated. And it, the whole experience blew my mind. What they did was they took the horse and you would you know, like lead it, like you were taking it on a walk essentially, but you walked it in a very tight circle until it kind of got dizzy and it like fell down. Not, I see your eyes popping open, but kind of like stumbled and like crumpled down a little bit. And then you just sort of like put your body weight into it and you laid on them and (laughs) you would like, and then you essentially slit open pull out one one nut, cut it off, pull out another nut, cut it off. And the vet just like took them, like each one just threw them. And he threw them at me. And the one hit me in the shin and I was wearing shorts. So I had this bloody nut hit my shin and then roll off. And my dad was like, see that? If you get a girl in trouble in college, this is what's going to happen. I'm just going to bring you back here. I was like, all right. <laughs> Uh, so that's a that's a foundational memory. Ugh. 
It's not, but that's my dissecting fish that you. Yeah, <laughs> that I mean, you had. I just feel like Mowgli's vet is the type of vet that would know how to neuter a horse and. I don't know. I just feel like he would tell us that there'd be more medication involved. <laughs> Yikes. But then with with my mom growing up, we were... It was more of a, a tense relationship because I was such a smartass. And she didn't take it as well. And I, I was a little more fearful of my dad. And also probably, like... I don't know, truthfully, truthfully, if I'm thinking back on it, I, I probably looked at my dad and I was like, like, he's the, like, we're with mom all the time. He only gets to see us a little bit. Um, but it's also sort of one of those things where you have a little distance. So the relationship's different. Like, you don't see as much, so you're not there, like, day to day, all this other stuff. He doesn't have to be the disciplinarian on all these things and stuff. So he gets to, you know, he doesn't have to carry that mantle a little bit. So he's, could be a little easier to like, but my mom, like she'd go, she'd fucking go into debt to make sure we had the best Christmas ever, every single year. Your mom would still go into debt to make sure that absolutely people had the best Christmas. I, I don't, I don't know if that's what happened growing up, whatever, but from a, like a metaphorical perspective, that's what she would do. So a lot to be very grateful for. And I did not have a like childhood of want. I was very fortunate in that way. But just a lot more tension with my mom. And we butt heads a lot. Uh, so, a little more tense relationship with my mom. But also moments where she would essentially... I, I would hear her on the phone with my dad after they were divorced. And she would just be guilt tripping his ass so bad about my brother and I. But I think that... As somebody who is divorced with children and like is divorced from like a high conflict narcissistic ex I think you could probably say like that's not unique yeah yeah just now we have the advantage in society that that all gets channeled via text messages or emails or apps. And yeah, you had to rather than the phone, the home line in your kitchen. It, yeah, as as a kid, my mom or my dad would have to be standing near the phone or in the house or nearby to get that call and have that conversation. So, whereas well, now those same type of things would be it's a text of text messages that you would receive. It's a text. It's an email. It's a message in in some other way that is it. There's I think in, I don't know, you, you share your, your perspective on this, but in society, there's also a, there's like a fucking honor badge. If you get married and you, with the same person the rest of your life, congratulations, you did it right the first time. Fucking great. But like, there are so many people that stay in first marriages for the fact that just stay in them and be fucking miserable for, how many people do we both know that's like why are you married to that person still that is so toxic for, yeah like for what purpose like who to say you did it to say that it lasted and it's like mm, no i mean i think about in my family that my grandparents have been married oh my god 60 something years at least 
in that for me that I'm just like, ha, that is not the picture of health. And even for my parents, the amount of times that like they've told me as somebody who has been divorced, like, well, we stuck it out. And like, well, you shouldn't have because this is toxic and like not a good example of a healthy partnership. Like, and I remember being a little kid being like, I don't think that they should be married because this doesn't seem healthy. And I know they've gone through phases where like they've come back around and they enjoy being around each other again. But that to me was never an example of something I wanted to go through. I Yeah, I, I think of my grandparents. One set of grandparents slept in separate bedrooms the entire time I was alive. The, the entire time I can remember, always slept in separate bedrooms. And they, like, sniped at each other. They were never, like, they never got into full-blown full arguments. And my grandpa was always like, geez, she's really worked up type thing. Like, you know, just kind of, like, shake it off. Like, it's her deal. And my grandma would get really, like, pissed about it. And um, think about it, they were married at a time, originally, they would have been married at a time, like, it wasn't until 1979 that a woman could even have her own credit card. Yeah. I, my, and so, that's, that shows you the times that they got married in. It's not like, and that's why they're like, oh, the divorce rates are so high now. No, you were stuck in those situations. The, the my grandma lied about her age to get married. So it's saucy. Well, I mean, let's be very clear. It was not like she was fully consenting. It was not like she got knocked up and got married or anything like that. She was fully consenting, but she was she lied about her age. Like that's how young she was, and they were. Uh, And then my other grandparents, I never saw a tense word between them, ever. And it was never. I. It was. It was a very like 1950s style marriage, and like gender roles and everything that was through that. But it was never. I never ever got the sense that my grandma was fearful of my grandpa, or anything like that. And that's just to say, two sets of grandparents, completely different relationships, and some things work for some people and they don't for others. But like divorce, it's. Like, I, I won't say you should take it lightly necessarily, but w- why is it so different if you date someone in high school and you break up and everyone's like, oh my gosh, you guys broke up. Oh, this sucks. And then like two weeks later, you're with someone up. Like, whatever. Instagram, it happens. I'm like, but then shit as, happens. And, and then, yeah, shit happens. Like, whatever. You date someone for like a handful of weeks. You're like, yeah. Maybe I'm into that kind of guy. I'll date that person. You're like, no, I'm not into that kind of guy. Three weeks later, gone, done, next. But then all of a sudden, you marry someone and you're you're like on a much, much deeper and more like intimate and personal level. That person's not right for me. I should exit this. People are like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? It's like, fuck, if this happened five years ago in high school no one say shit but all of a sudden we're at a little different age and it's completely different it's ridiculous and to think that think of the fucking first drawing you ever did as a kid and now 20 years later you're 25 and you have to do an art project or you you're in an art show 
if your shit looks the exact same as 25 as it did when you were five, if you painted Starry Night when you were five, if you got it right the first time, congratulations, that's great. But why, you're, there's no shame in not getting it right the first time in so many other fields, but then you get married and you don't get it right the first time. I'm not saying people should get married just so they can figure out who they should actually be married to. But I will say, for me personally, I realized very clearly what I do and don't want and need. How and long do you think it took you, like, in reality, to have that realization, like, in your own head versus when uh, you actually realize that you should exit, like, I don't know, because there's... I've we, heard different stories from you, so that's why I'm like... Is this? <laughs> yeah, and that like... I Honestly, I don't know. I, I you don't... You suggested that you realized, like, even before you'd gotten married, it probably wasn't, yeah. like, long-term best choice, but it seemed like the next step on the trajectory that you were on. Yes, and um, I think part of it... So there's two parts. One is, and that's that's where and how I grew up. I grew up in a small town, and you grew up. I grew up in a very Norman Rockwell type scene. That's a theme of the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's like you get married and you make it work. Like that's that's what it is. You have this little family, and like you just live the classic American dream. Because that's very much the town and the area and the atmosphere that I grew up in. Um, but also, you... I mean, I got you know, beat down to the perspective that's like, hey, this is the best... Like, this is this is what you get. Like, this is as good as you deserve. Figure it out. Accept it. You don't deserve more or better than this. And you just get beat down by people to think that. But beyond beyond those two things of just personally when I was ready, I mean, I got divorced well after I was ready to get divorced. Um, but I remember talking to, to my brother who was divorced. I was like, hey, because I... Well, I I didn't think my parents were going to be super helpful because despite the fact that they were divorced, still had that like old school like perspective in a way. That's like their situation was exceptional. Like they with the, they they were the exception. But really, what you do is you find someone and you stick it out. And the only reason we didn't do it was this exceptional situation. And I talked to my brother because I just need my brother to be like. I was really just looking for him to be like, hey, I got you. I support you. I understand. Like, this shit happens. And this is what you're thinking, what you're going through. And here's here's what the process is going to look like. And it wasn't really to be like, hey, give me a roadmap. It was essentially to be like, hey, I'm going to leap. Is there going to be anyone where I'm landing? 
And I talked to him and he was like, you go to therapy, you go to counseling, you do whatever you do to make this work. That's what I tried. It didn't work. She didn't want to do it. And it didn't happen. It didn't work out. But that's what you got to do. And your family is very much like the original family, the first family type of mindset. Yes. And it... And it crushed me because I realized that I was not really going to have a support system through it. And I very much, the theme is family. <laughs> and I was very, very close to my brothers. Like, became my brothers became my best friends. And growing up, like, we always had a pretty good time. We would fight like, as brothers and stuff, but it was never... I never really remember a moment in my life, and my brothers may have periods where they felt this, I never had a period in my life where I was like, I hate my brother, any of them. So, like, they were all very close to me. Like, I was, I felt very close to them. Um, so, so yeah, I was like, if I can get one of them who's been through this to just kind of be like, hey, it's going to be tough, but it's going to be okay. And I didn't get that, and I felt crushed because I didn't think I was going to get that from the others either. So I didn't even have the conversation. And then I went through it, and they were like, oh, shit, this sucks for you. Wow, what a bitch. Um, we got you. Like the, in the, like, the heat of the moment. And I was like, guys, let me be very clear. This is not like an oops. Like, I screwed up. Or like oops, like this is a bad day and we'll see what happens. I was like, I am going where I need to go. This is a conscious decision. This is a choice. This is exactly what I want and what I need. I need you guys all to understand that. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever you need. We're like, we got you. And I felt very, like, incurred. Like, I felt very open, like, and vulnerable and felt very encouraged because I was like... And I remember when I run one brother being like, listen, I don't give a shit. What the fuck is happening with your dog? You got to get your dog. Like, are you getting your dog? What's going on with him? When are you getting your dog? And I was so shocked to hear who that was coming from. And I was like, I, I felt really good's a weird, weird way to put it. But I felt very good that that was like, all right, they're thinking about me. They're thinking about me. Like they're, they're with me. And that did not carry through. And it's like repeatedly heartbreaking for me in a way that it's like in, um, like you ever see a movie or something where someone's holding on and it's like, and they're like three people are dangling from a rope, but the rope can really only support two. And so you're looking around and you realize someone has to go. You're like, shit. Like, that's constantly what it's like. That it's like the only way through is to cut, but it's still going to be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. See, when when I was going through a divorce... Your sister's much cooler. Yeah, she is. She's amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, my parents... They were more so hands-off. Like, I remember there being like a, are you sure situation? And that was really because, you know, at that point in my career, my ex was very much 
the breadwinner. You know, he has, like, a fancy corporate career. Um, and so to them, it was like, are you, are you sure that you want to walk away from that lifestyle? And I was like, like, we've talked about this. We're both cool. No hard feelings. Like, this, we shouldn't have got to this point. And as you know, like, never really had hard feelings it was just like a hey like this doesn't work situation um and my sister of all of like all the people of all my family members was the most supportive because she's been through some really rough times in her marriage that like anybody would be like yep makes sense to walk away from that and her stance to me was like hey you've shown me that I'm strong enough that if I if I wanted to walk away from this situation, I could do it too. And she treated me more like I was a badass for not having to like rely on a man or like that I wasn't afraid. Just be like, nope, I'm good. This didn't work. That's fine. It's okay for things to not work out. But then I had other family members who acted like, oh, poor Carolyn. She's just this poor damsel in distress situation. And, like, would go to family events. And it was like, shh, don't talk about it. She's probably so sad. She'll never find love. <laughs> One of these situations, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm cool. Mm. Like, I got my dog. <laughs> like, And it was, it was just very different. Um, and, you know, again, coming from a family where very few people had ever gotten divorced in the family, I have only one family member who has a blended family and she had, my aunt has stepchildren. And in my experience, like watching that was nothing to aspire to. It's like having stepkids is hard. Being a step-parent is hard. To this day, like, I love my sister to pieces, but I know, like, she'll also say that the reason why I have issues with your two kids is because I'm a step-parent versus their biological parent. It's like, no, that, that is not why. And I would love for people to just, like, take a day to be in my shoes of sharing a home with someone else's kids to experience that and understand that like it's it's not the step parent mentality. Well, it's um, when you're in a blended family, you'll hear people say, "Oh, you can only control what's you can only control your home. You can only worry about your home." Or, "Well, you do this in your home," and it's it's just not the reality. There are two homes involved, and people always think like, "Oh, wow, two houses like you have to." Like, the kids have to go back and forth. That's not it. The reality is that there are two... One way to look at it is there are two indoctrinations. It was so, in our situation. <laughs> I mean, it is in our situation. I think this is in a lot of people's situations. In that we're teaching them one thing. And they're going to their other home and they're learning something else. And that's on a variety of levels. I mean, on, on one very comical level, 
we were like, hey, you can say cuss words if you can spell them. And then they learned to spell cuss words. And so they were allowed to say cuss words. And then it kind of became like, well, you got to learn to use like what context. And it's not just like, you can use it here, you can't use it here. But it was like, you don't use damn in that way. That's not how you use the word bitch yeah. and shit and stuff. You know, that's how we felt. And it was also like, listen. But that was also at a time where someone else thought they could control what happens in our house. Yes. And so it was very much, um, that was not accepted in the other house. And I was like, what? How come I'm hearing this? And it's like, well... These are still the same kids that came into our house wondering why they couldn't say the N-word here. The fact that they even know that the N-word exists... Um, says a lot about the difference between the two households. And it's really tough to talk about. Yeah. I'll be like, well, this is what the N-word is and what it means and why. And then thus, that's why you can't say it. Yeah. Um, but in in terms of, of blended families, it, it's very difficult because you're dealing with... Um, you're not just controlling what's in your house. You're reacting and responding to what happens outside of it as well. And especially, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's different based on different ages of kids or not, but it's a real reality that is not really talked about because everyone wants to glorify co-parenting and bullshit like that. And in movies like Stepmom and stuff where, oh, I hate you. You're just like a a mean evil stepmom but then at the end of the movie you're like my real mom and i want you to like like who's gonna well there's also that like like the, it's like glorified or it's like it's co-parenting like be there for them don't be there too much like no your place because i would say that like your family very much is the type that there's this expectation that like i should bow down to the kids that you have with someone else. But well, that I should also know that, like, I am not their parent. It's uh, it's interesting to watch, um, to think back over the past few years, to think of how that uh, dynamic has changed to where there were these moments and, and there were these periods where, like, you were very much the kid's safe space. Like, you were... You were who they wanted. And they didn't want anyone else. They didn't want, like, quote-unquote blood aunt or uncle. Like, they wanted they wanted you. And my family freaked out about that. Mm-hmm. They're like, what the fuck? Like, she's not even, like, what, you're, like, a stepmom. I'm actual aunt. Yeah. Type things. But then also, and so it's interesting to think about, like, this is a fucking science experiment or <laughs> psychology um experiment to think about um like there probably was a period where the kids were closer and bio mom felt threatened by it and like started to like break that down because i truly think there's a period there there's this point where well think about it because there was also a time that i sat on our front porch with the then four-year-old and he told me that I was going to go to hell because that's what his mom said because I didn't believe in Jesus. So, like, that says how conversations were happening outside of our house, which you're Which like, was just... What? Which was months after you holding him on our porch. Yeah. Just, like, tickling his belly and him having the freaking best time because he wants to be with you on your lap. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really think there is this... 
kind of like threatened feeling there's this duality of listen i i just want to make sure you're taken care of and you're cared for and you're being treated fairly but not so much that you think that you may like someone else better than me and as they talk about like oh we may have a stepdad soon and stuff like that i'm just like okay you can like him better he can be like we wish he was our real dad i don't care as long as he is kind to you fair to you and sets a good example like yeah, it, so you have like the opposite reaction that i do where i'm like i mean i hope you guys are at least kind to him well and i'm so familiar with their attitude that i'm like they're well, very easy for people to be like you're not easy to be kind to and that's where, like, I hope that you guys are showing kindness to this person. No, and that's that's absolutely it. But from him to them in that direction, but also, but yeah, absolutely. I don't care if you guys are like, I never want to hear them say, well, we like you better because you're a real dad. I'm like, I don't want to hear that shit. Stop it. I, nope. I don't want to hear real dad. Like, that does nothing for me. It is not a, like, it doesn't help me sleep better, anything like that. See, whereas I can so clearly see and hear the situation where after them learning out that I was pregnant, of them asking me if my baby would go and live at their mom's house because she was a real mom. And And I was just like, wow, man, that, that means that this type of mentality is being perpetuated in the majority of situations that they are in and that it's so much about like where another human grows as to who their parents are and like they have such a hard time comprehending that just because a baby doesn't grow within someone's body that somebody's a parent well and that's the other thing is um you there's very much there are stereotypes around divorce you have the woman or the ex-wife who's always like, oh, so pity that I, I can already anticipate. But because often it's the guy was an asshole. He done you wrong. The woman is like the ex-wife is to be pitied. And so everyone kind of rallies around that. The, and then there's. There must be another woman so that there's got to be another woman to vilify in addition to the man. And then the divorcee dad is always a slobber, a womanizer, going out to bars. They live in a shitty apartment that's just filled with pizza boxes and stuff like that. Remember how, like, shitty the kids were about you living in an apartment? Yes. And and then, like, how shitty they were about anybody that lived in an apartment? Let me fucking tell you something. (laughs) I bought a couch... And a fucking pizza one night. And that was a riot for me. I had a goddamn great time. See, whereas, like, all I could think when I would hear them talk shit about people that lived in apartments was, like, my apartment rent (laughs) is more than your mom's mortgage. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, there is nothing wrong with living in an apartment when there are... Apartments that are nicer than your McMansion in the Burbs. That's got to go on the Weird Flex episode. <laughs> but it, they, but this is all to say that there is a very. It, it's not just the households. 
it's like who people are surrounding them with because I have no doubt that there are people in their ear or that they're experiencing like going to friends houses and stuff like that where it 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 is just reinforces like real mom shit because you think that oh there's only shit talk in two houses but you think of the different cascades and like who are the allies on both sides Mm -hmm. and all that stuff this is getting kind of way far away from the original uh question or or talking point but still talking about family that you would think that your family is like hey family counts family first hey we're just happy that you're happy does this person make you happy that's wonderful we're happy because you're happy but fucking no it's like this goddamn 1950s bullshit where they're like well hmm are you sure you're okay? <laughs> like, what was wrong with the first one? Uh, that's the real one, and this one, like, we don't. Hi, it's that's nice. Okay. Um, and I'm like your family's, like, the composite of all of their fears. It seems rolled up to one human being. <laughs> They're like well, this, do- this leftist liberal. Feminist bitch. It, yeah, it doesn't help that you accentuate the best parts of me, which they think may be the worst parts of me, which are, and we've talked about it before, that sometimes my jokes are too clever for them. Mm-hmm. It's not that I'm like super witty. Most of my jokes are fart and pee wow. and, and sex related, right. but they're punny and they're like... Sometimes they just get a little too... They're still a little clever, but they're like, huh? Yeah, they get a little too, like, over the head. They're like, it's not, that's not hateful enough. We don't get it. But it's not homophobic, transphobic enough for, for their taste. You accentuate those parts, and so that is just further, mmm, she's fucking with your mind. And we heard that from a fucking attorney. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Like, hey, Cody, we want you to be both pissed and sad at the same time. <laughs> Field this phone call. <laughs> and enjoy the spiral, motherfucker. Bye. <laughs> I, I appreciate that we've now had a, an attorney like confirm all the craziness that we suspected. And just sit there and be like, oh my gosh. This yeah. is outrageous. All this is to... And we're we're deep in this one. We're crushing <laughs> a forty-five that. minute episode. Forty-eight right now. Wow. <laughs> um, that families aren't so cut and dry. I, I think as you get older, but also as you get more either indefi- independent or self-sufficient in a way, that you realize you start to carve out who you are as a person and what works and suits you. You start to realize what parts of your family really suit you and serve you and what parts are just um, holding you back. I think it's it's also a lesson that just because it's family doesn't mean that you have to put up with toxicity. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's and one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my adulthood is that 
just because it's blood, air quotes, that you don't have to put up with people's shit. And, I mean, you've watched me just, like, willingly disengage or call people out from a, like, a, I'm, I'm not going to keep this in my life perspective because otherwise I'm going to stew on it. But if I just call it out, get real shitty about it for a little bit, then I can move on in a way that, like, frees me of it. It's really funny because you are much more anxious as an individual. You have much more anxiety as an individual. Or so you think. But you can just cut people. You're like, fuck you, you're off the island. Peace. I'm like, fuck you, you're off the island. Here's a float and a rope <laughs> in case you need to come back. Or in case you need to pull you back. You're much more conflict-averse. Well, it's... Um, and I also, you know, if... Of my strengths, of my 24 strengths, um, forgiveness Make it spicy, presented by <laughs> the CNC Dream Factory, sponsored by Character <laughs> Strengths. Um, you know, there are 24 strengths. Forgiveness is my 23rd strength <laughs> before spirituality. <laughs> so that tells you how I feel about religion and forgiveness. Um, where I'm very much of the thought of like, I'm probably never going to let this go, but I can also just like cut it out of my mind so it doesn't take up any more of that brain space and energy. So where you feel, so where I would feel sad or guilty, what do you, how would you describe your feelings? Where you would feel sad or guilty, I probably begin to feel apathetic. Yeah, that's you, like if you and I have an argument or have a tense night, I will lay there all night wide awake, like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then I'd be like, ah, I don't know, I don't think she's right. And I'd be like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what do I need to do? And I'd be like, babe, and you're like, what? I'm sleeping. I'm like, how the fuck are you sleeping? <laughs> when am I ever sleeping when you're awake? I'm like, how are you sleeping? Through the, are you not upset? Do you not think that this is like the world is ending? That things aren't Since great. Since the person who snores through the night. Okay, this that this is like pre-babiness. <laughs> this is pre-babiness. But you're just like, listen. I didn't enjoy that conversation, but I didn't enjoy it. I didn't not enjoy it enough to not sleep. Like, fuck you. I'll deal with it in the morning. And I I'm think like, I'm also better at just being like, I'm not going to let this go until I get all my feelings out. And you'd be like, fine, whatever. I don't want to talk about this. We'll have a conversation sometime about how, how you argue. But that'll be that'll be for another day. <laughs> <laughs> you don't enjoy how I argue. I don't enjoy how you argue. It's on much multiple calmer levels. than you can argue. No, it's on, mu it's on multiple levels. So I we'll also learned to argue with you while you were just my coworker, though. We'll, we'll come to that <laughs> later.